Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is a View from the Bullens podcast. Listen to all the news, views and inside track from Goodison Park. This is a View from the Bullens podcast, sponsored by The Beer Keller, Liverpool One. Hello and welcome to the new weekly catch-up here from A View from the Bullens. I'm Ben and I'm joined as always by my good friend and best friend, The Bobble, to discuss this week at Everton Football Club. Before we get going, Bobble, to talk another well, a bit of a hectic week of Everton. How are you, mate? Been up to much? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. Yeah, all good. Uh, another week's coming to an end and all eyes on, on Saturday now, isn't it? Yeah, not too bad. How's things your end? Yeah, not bad. Done a night shift up the wall, tired, lying in bed doing a podcast because you've been hounding me all morning. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Bobble, back to the week. Brentford, you know, a, a massive, massive win. I, we, I did the the fan reaction last Sunday, which went out, which got some really great feedback. What were your thoughts? You went on the episode. Um, Everyone were back at Goodison Park. The siren was back. Everton scoring within 38 seconds. It was just a good all-round weekend, wasn't it? Well, it was for you, wasn't it, in the posh seats, getting a five-course meal and unlimited drinks? Yeah, you know, sometimes get a bit of a can bit you of even, can, you, can you even remember the game? To be honest, I, I give a bit of an exclusive here. That obviously, I'm lucky enough to sometimes go and sit with um, my good friend and the sponsor of the podcast at C&D Consultants, Mike Keogh. It's it, you know for those who don't go in the lounges, I'd highly recommend it. As poor as Everton are on the field at times, off the field they're honestly one of the best in the Premier League. The catering's unbelievable. I had Joe Parkinson, our good friend of the podcast. Kevin Sheedy was there. Um, Neil Poynton was the was the guest speaker. And as always, I made an absolute idiot of myself by <laughs> tucking my white shirt into my pants. 
tucking the tablecloth into my pants, <laughs> dropping a whole glass of wine, a cider, and a, a whiskey on the rocks all over the floor. But no, it, it, it was good. Well, it was back, interesting because I bumped into Parky after the game. Before we talk about Brentford, I bumped into Parky and Parky collared me. And he said, oh, mate, you, you, your boy's in there. I said, oh, Ben, you mean? He said, yeah, ben, Ben's in there in the suite. I said, oh, yeah, I know he is. I said, how is he? He said, oh, he's going to get hammered when he goes over to his message. You want to see the state of him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, t- to be fair, I had three bottles of Garvey. It was, it was, if, you, if you go in there, you're not in there every week, but I, I, I genuinely highly recommend it. It, it, it really, really, really good. <laughs> I might get some dick on Twitter or whatnot, but it, it is really, really good. It could, you know, in the future, we could do an episode on it. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll give a bit of an exclusive access onto that. But back to the football, that's more important than me. Sitting in the comfy seats. Right, Bobble, Brentford. The yeah. Brentford, the siren, Everton winning 1-0. Um, mm-hmm. I've had my say. What was your say in the game? Yeah, huge win, wasn't it? Absolutely massive. A huge three points. Obviously, we spoke about at length winning your home games and then trying to pick up a point on the road and that should be enough to keep you in the in the Premier League from now to the end of the season. Brentford was obviously one of those games that we had earmarked as a potential three points, just like we did with Aston Villa, but obviously we didn't manage to get that against Aston Villa. Uh, Before the game, the siren, it sets the tone, doesn't it? The fans were bang up for it. The Gladys Street roared. Um, And it was, it was my, my fiance had never, um, had never heard the siren. So when the siren came on, she turned to me and said, whoa, this must be intimidating in front of away team or an away family. And you can just imagine what it would be like at Bramley Moor, can't you, under the lights in a dark night, cold, and you hear the siren, maybe a bit of a light show at Bramley Moor. Obviously, we would have more high-tech equipment. So maybe a bit of a light show, it goes all dark, and then you hear the siren, that would be unbelievable. Gordon so, Park didn't expect it, though, Bobble, did he? It kind of like everyone yeah. pulled up on the, on the sheet for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. It was like we were going into battle, wasn't it? And that's how it felt. The fans, it, it just had that feel to it. And it, like I say, it set the tone, didn't it? And then 38, 39 seconds in Dwight McNeil scores a, a lovely goal. It's a brilliant finish. Um, and and it, again, it just really got us on the front foot early doors. And uh, we were unlucky to, to go in at 1-0 at halftime. I think if we'd have gone at maybe 2-0, I don't think Brentford could have had any complaints. Obviously, the disallowed goal for, for Damari Gray was a contentious one. Did it hit his arm? Did it not? I've seen four different, four or five different angles now, and some look like it do hit his arm, others look like it doesn't. The rule states, if people don't understand the rule, you cannot score any goal, any goal, no matter if it hits your arm or hand. So it doesn't matter where your hand is, even if it's in a natural position and it's accidental, if it causes a direct goal then it cannot count. Is Dwight McNeil's hand in a natural position? I'd argue probably no, it's not, unfortunately. It's, it's Too up. early for you, isn't it? Damari Gray. Yeah, <laughs> it's up. It's high. It was I saying. You said Dwight McNeil, even though he's uh, called a rockers after 30. Not, not Dwight McNeil, yeah, Damari Gray, I apologise. <laughs> uh, it's too early, you're absolutely right. Damari Gray's arm was up, it was in an unnatural position. Um, does the ball hit it? it? Like I say, different angles show different, different evidence. Um, but I can see why it was disallowed. I, I can see why. Um, but moving on from that, Alex Iwobi missed an absolute golden chance in the first half. He had to score from like six yards. Amadou Onana. We spoke about Onana, Ben, adding goals to his game, haven't we? Um, and the chance against Brentford it pretty much sums it up. Um, he needs to be scoring them. He needs to be adding maybe six or seven goals a season for us. And, and that sort of chance he needs to be burying. 
So going in at one then at half time, you know, we were strong, we were looking good, but you always thought Brentford will have their chance and have their moments. And then they did in the second half. They they had all the ball in reality. They hemmed us in. We couldn't really get out. And it was then backs to the wall and time to be resolute and grit your teeth and, as a boxer would say, bite down on your gum shield. And I, th- I thought we did it quite well. I thought James Tarkovsky was, was outstanding. Uh, I thought Michael Keane was, was pretty good. He, he handled Ivan Tony quite well at times. Um, huge credit, huge credit has to go to, to Seamus Coleman, Ben. Um, his form over these past probably six to eight weeks has been outstanding. Um, he is really laying down a marker for Nathan Patterson. These are the sort of level performances that you've got to put in week in, week out to be a Premier League fullback. And at Seamus Coleman's age, unbelievable. Uh, what a professional, what a professional. And he, he's getting all the plaudits that he deserves right now. And, and like I say, he's really leading by example. I thought it was a deserved win. I thought we just about edged it just because of the first half chances. But if Brentford would have made it 1-1, Ben, would they have then gone and found a winner? I think some people would argue that they would have. They're a very good team, very well drilled. Brilliant manager in Thomas Frank and they all know their role. So, yeah, a, a really, really good win. A gritty win in the second half especially. We found a way. But I think most importantly, Ben, and I'd like to hear your view on it, that's the sort of game that under Frank Lampard, Everton were not winning. And they, they would have either, well, they probably would have been on the wrong end of a 1-0 defeat. Well, let's just take a step back and look at Sean Dyche and Frank Lampard. We've now won three games out of four at home, three 1-0 victories, three clean sheets, just that 2-0 loss to Aston Villa. We're not conceding, which is brilliant to see. That we, we Obviously, we were shipping goals all over the park. You know, It's nice to see that there is a bit of a game plan, a bit of a structure. And Sean Dice, it was a game of two halves for me. The first half, like you quite rightly said, it would have been, you know, fair for Evan to go in a half time, two or three nil up. Quick start, the siren had everyone absolutely fired up. And I am absolutely convinced that that was why we scored after 38 seconds. You know, the crowd were up for it, the players were up for it. Brentford was starstruck, like it didn't know what was going on. And, and we made it count. Um but 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 yeah, it's 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 nice to see. It's got you've got to win your home games. We've said that's imperative now going forward. If we're to remain a Premier League club, you have to win your home games. And if you know, th- there's been some talk about the style of, of, of Sean Dyche and the football playing. You know, I take 38 1 0 wins every single game. I don't care how you do it, I don't care if we're playing really poorly, but we go and nick and goal and defend for our lives. I just want to win. I'm all about three points, I'm all about winning. And but but the style of play, there was a bit of a discuss, discussion on Twitter and other platforms. You know, Everton are creating chances. Sean Dice is finding a way. You know, you always use your your quote bubble that it's square pegs round holes, and and it's absolutely right. It and it fits the narrative exactly for this because Sean Dice is getting the best out of this squad. We're creating chances once again. We had a higher xG than Brentford even though Thomas Frank went to some mad 3-4-3 or 3-2-4 in the second half and just swamped us, literally. And, you know, I, I really admire Thomas Frank. He's very down-to-earth fella, really nice gaffer. I think he would have been a great Everton manager. I, obviously, I'm happy with Sean Dice, but, you know, his comments after the game are very pleasing. He said, obviously, how great Everton are. He commented, commented on, on our away support when we were down in London against Brentford. But he went for it, and Sean Dice fought against it too. Again, you spoke to Joe Thomas about, you know, it's not down to an injury. The, the tactical change, the first tactical change has always come after 70 minutes. And it's very interesting to see is that he doesn't trust his squad. Is that, 
you know, these players aren't tired. It's it's a, it's a difficult one, but we do look leggy. And it mm. is a game of two halves. Everton do look leggy in, in the second half of most games. But, you know, three points up to 15th on the table. Results went our way again last night with Brighton and Brentford, of course, going on to to be Crystal Palace and Southampton, well, respectfully, <laughs> absolutely made up. So it was a good night last night. But let's go on to the midweek happenings then. It's been a full, it's been a bit of a quiet week at Everton, hasn't it, Bobble? Um, there hasn't been much really going on at the club. I've just seen on Twitter, they may have found the missing Everton chairman, Bill Kenwright in Eldonian Village in Vauxhall, in one of the, in the, <laughs> in the canal. Down in the Aldonian village. Bobble, have you got any information at all on the missing sign of Bill Kenwright? <laughs> no, I haven't. I don't think you should come to me for that. No comment, Ben, to be honest. Absolute no comments. <laughs> it's not and funny. We, we and there laugh. we have it. We shouldn't is laugh. the offender. <laughs> we shouldn't laugh. But you shouldn't laugh. But the, the circumstances, obviously, around it in terms of where it was found and then someone takes an immediate picture and lashes it up onto Twitter. It, it sums up Everton Twitter, doesn't it? You just want one normal day in Everton, in the Everton realms. You know, can't we just be a normal club for once? But, you know, back to the more serious stuff now. Sean Dice has just had his press conference surrounding Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He is not trained today. It's his birthday. He said he felt a slight twinge. You've done an article Bobble over on our Patreon. The link is below, ladies and gents, if you want to go and check that out. What are your thoughts then, Bobble, on Dominic Calvert-Lewin? Um, yeah, it's, it's disappointing, isn't it? I know Sean Dyches came out and, and said that he wasn't planning on featuring down at Stamford Bridge on Saturday, but Sean Dyche is playing the media very, very well. He's speaking very, very well, and he's, he's covering all angles, but he's also protecting Dominic Calvert-Lewin as, as a player. Um it's unfortunate he'd been training um, and Dykes just feels that he, he's just not ready and Dominic doesn't feel ready either. He still feels a little bit of discomfort when he tries to really break into a, like 100% sprint. And like we've always said, Ben, and like I put in the article prior to the press conference, Sh- Sean Dykes won't risk Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He, he, he won't put him in the squad unless he feels like he can get 100% out of him. Um, and and it's that's, that's I don't think we can have many complaints. We we've previously spoken about this on numerous podcasts. Ben, different managers have tried different things. Rafa Benitez tried something. Frank Lampard tried something different. And Sean Dyche is now trying a different method. Uh, and we we have to trust the process with with Sean Dyche and, he, and his medical team. Dominic Calvert Lewin has a therapist or physiotherapist that works with him daily, individually. Um, so you've, we've just got to trust the process. It is frustrating. I do understand the frustrations because we're in a relegation fight, whether we like it or not, and having your number nine fit and available could be the difference uh, of staying in the Premier League or not. Um, but one thing it does do, it buys Dominic Calvert in another two weeks after this game against Chelsea with the international break. The thought process is to maybe get him into an under-21 game or a behind-closed-doors game to get him some sort of match fitness, get him up to speed. It, it, it's a difficult one and we, you know our good friend Michael Ball came on the podcast earlier in the week and he actually touched on this subject and he said that when he was playing he was out for around two years and he, he came back um, and he literally just got thrown straight into the cauldron and he, he played pretty much solid football for a month 
And he said he did really, really well. He was getting man of the match awards. He was getting nine out of tens in the media. He was a starting left back. And he said he was almost playing on adrenaline. But he said the minute that month finished and he kind of got back into some sort of routine at professional level, he said his body just struggled. It couldn't cope. Fatigue set in. Uh, he started feeling aches and pains that he previously hadn't been feeling. That's and he felt like, back on the aisle, that bubble. It probably, yeah, it probably was. But he just said he started feeling pains and aches that he previously wasn't feeling. And he said, looking back, obviously now he's a lot older and he's finished his career and he can actually look back at certain things. He said maybe that wasn't the right thing to do. Maybe he should have been drip-fed back in. Um, so it just goes to show everybody's bodies are different, aren't they? And there's no right or wrong answer in how we are treating Dominic Calvert-Lewin or how we are looking after him. Yes, it's frustrating. Yes, we we need him. Um, but I'm sure Dominic Calvert-Lewin is as frustrated as everybody else that he's just not 100% fit. And, and unless you're 100% fit, Ben, under Sean Deutsch, you won't play. You've got to pass certain tests during training in the week to feature on a Saturday. And if you don't hit certain scores, then Deutsch won't include you in the matchday squad. Dominic Calvert-Lewin has failed to reach those scores, reach those levels at training. So th- there you go. It, it is what it is. It's very frustrating. It is what it is. Um, we've just got to hope that after the international break, Ben, that we have a fit and fire in number nine. Um, but, you know, we, we just don't know, do we? No, we don't. And I think my point of view on it is, you know, we've got to get him completely fit altogether because with these muscular injuries, we spoke about it with Dominic Calvert-Lewin for probably 18 months to two years now. When you continue to try and bring you back early, it's gonna you're going to feel aches and pains. And he's so highly tuned, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. You know, you've seen his, his body. He's absolutely ripped to death. And I just think he's probably got, I think he's got arguably one of the biggest leaps in the Premier League. I think his plyometric training he did that summer when he came back under Carlo Ancelotti and really kicked on. I think, you know, has he got too many fast twitch muscle fibres now? You know, is it is, his muscles are now tightening, going shorter? Muscle fibres, I don't know. I'd love to get some sort of physiotherapy or some doctor, some rehab specialist on the podcast to have a good chat to to really find out the in-depth analysis on Dominic Calvert-Lewin. But hopefully that's one we can maybe get sorted in the future. But on to the left-back situation. Mikalenko is arguably, well, he's back now after a short illness. Would you drop Ben Godfrey? No, I don't think I would. We had Derek Mountfield on the podcast um, last week and, and he was talking about continuity, keeping the back four the same for the running. Uh, I think... Vitaly Mikalenko, before his illness, had been struggling. He had a few difficult games. And, and I'm not saying Ben Godfrey's been outstanding since he's came in, but one thing he does do is he do, does add pace to the back four, a bit more athleticism. He's a bit more of an athlete than, than Vitaly Mikalenko. Um, and I think, obviously, if you look at Chelsea as a whole, they're going to have the likes of Reese James at right back, and they've got a lot of technically gifted players, but also powerhouses in their team. I think Ben Godfrey's pace could prove really, really important. Um, but yeah, I don't think Ben Godfrey's uh, played poorly enough to lose his space. I think he, he's done admirably. He's been fine. Um, so yeah, I, d- I don't think if it was me, I don't think I'd introduce Mikalenko back in just yet. I'd keep with Ben Godfrey. I'd keep the back four. It's a winning back four. It's a clean sheet against Brentford. They they held firm. Um, and I think obviously if we all being well, if you can keep a winning team, then why not? I think for me, I would happily keep Ben Godfrey at left back I think you're right um, I've had a you know my run-ins with Mikhailenko in the past on this podcast I'm just not unsure of if I want him in the first 11 I'm not sure if he's quite at the standard I'm, you know well, especially for Ruben Venegas as well he can't even get in the match day squad at the moment he was sitting in the stands um, near to us on the weekend just gone 
He can't even get in the squad, and it speaks volumes, doesn't it, that a centre half is now playing left back at the club. And like you said, and what Degs he said, you've got to keep a winning back, winning back four. It's ultimately we've got to get that run of games, that confidence. I think Ben Godfrey built brings you that aggression, that pace, you know, that 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 tackle that can lift the crowd, lift the team. I just don't think Mikhailenko's got that drive in him. Obviously, we know Ben Godfrey has to cut inside on his right foot, and he's not naturally left-footed. His passing may be a bit poor. But I think against Brentford, he was very good. Um, obviously, playing against um, Embremo, who's a very tricky customer, I think he performed very, very well. Um, obviously, Rico Henry as well on the other side. He was a, a real danger. So, yeah, I'd happily stick with Ben Godfrey going into the game against Chelsea. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A view from the Bullens, by the way, is proudly sponsored by the Beer Keller Liverpool, C&D Engineering Consultants and Advanced Building Supplies. Thanks, as always, to them and, and the ongoing support. And, of course, thanks to all the people that subscribe to our Patreon. If you want to get access to all of our content, exclusive content, match day reactions, barbell exclusives, head down to the link below um, on this podcast. We hope you enjoy the free ones. It's something that we've, we've thought we've put out. As a bit of a taste, but if you want to give us a go, please, please, please give us a go. The link is below if you want to hear more of mine and Bobble's voices. Bobble, on to Chelsea. We're on to the Chelsea game. We are travelling down in the Bobble's boogie bus. After, <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm not sure about that. You did go with my demand to get me Sky Sports so we can watch the early kickoff. You the things me, I do for you. You have got me a crate of Stella. So we will see how we get on. But what's your thoughts going into that game? Yeah, difficult game. You know, Chelsea looked like they've or appeared to have turned a corner under Graham Potter. Went through in the Champions League against Borussia Dortmund. Uh, got a decent win at Leicester as well. But they they appear to have turned the corner, um, and he appears to be getting a tune out of his players right now. So it's going to be a difficult game, regardless. Going to Stamford Bridge is always difficult. Um, they've got great players throughout the whole squad. If we can take a point, I'd be delighted. I think it'd be a really, really good point that we would then head into the international break on the back of two pretty solid away points at Forest and Chelsea and then three points against Brentford. I think that'd have been a good return. We all would have took five points from those three games heading into the international window. So, yeah, I'd be very happy with a point, but it's going to be difficult, obviously, with Dominic Calvert-Lewin scheduled to be unavailable. It's going to be tough. Um, 
we've just got to maybe batten down the hatches at times. We have to find a way, dig in. We might have to ride our luck a little bit, of course. You always have to do that on the road at the better teams of, as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be tough, Ben. But a point, I think if we got a point, I think we'd all be very, very happy coming up north or back north with, with a point. Would you take that? Oh, yeah, all day. Um, I think there could be a, a, a slight bit of an away result here for Everton Football Club. I've got a weird, sneaky feeling. You speak to around to certain members of people who we go to games with who come on the podcast, and they think Everton are going to get a, a random away win that is unexpected, and I think it could come this weekend, but I'll be absolutely made up with a point. Obviously, we are going. The tunes are going to be blaring from the Bobbles boogie bus. But before that, this Friday, March the 17th, if you haven't got any plans, St. Patrick's Night, you know, we've got loads of Guinness down at the beer keller. We have a couple of tickets left. I think Bobble rang me before, so we've got seven tickets left for our View from the Bullens, Everton, St. Patrick's Night event. Danny's so, waving. Our tech guy's waving. We've got six. Okay, we've sold one. That's unbelievable. Another one's just gone. So we've got six tickets left for the St. Patrick's Night event. It, it, you know, we've got Derek Manfield, Kevin Sheedy, we've got Joe Parkinson in the crowd, Michael Ball, as always, will be at the bar, not even at the crowd. So it's going to be a great night. It's for a good cause, and we literally cannot wait to see you all there. So the link is below. And as I said earlier, if you want to check out the Patreon channel, if you are enjoying these episodes, give us a click below. The lowest subscription is only £2 a month. Um, we really do appreciate the support from yourselves and just give us a go. Um, any feedback whatsoever is would be unbelievable. But in the meantime, stay safe and all the very best. Up the toffees and onto the boogie bus. <laughs> <laughs>